0: The h h Hour podcast is sponsored by two great businesses today. First, we have beauty counter and consultant, Rosie Boom. Then we have Pure Bliss Hair Studio and Day Spa in Peoria, Illinois. We've been told there are people that drive from over two hours to yeah. come to this day spa. So definitely stay tuned through the end of our podcast, Heidi, because we have an awesome offer from them for people who've never been there before, for first-time clients. So you're going to want to listen and find out how you can take advantage of that offer.
1: Welcome to the HH Hour. My name is Heidi Bolt. I'm one of your hosts. My co host is my sweet sister, my hero. She's a bit older than me.
0: <laughs> Just a little bit. Heather Taves. Hi, Heather. Hi. I'm coming up on 40. Really the big before oh. I know. I know. I'm not scared. Bring it.
1: Hashtag Heather's Almost 40. I am not. I know. <laughs> I have a ways to go. The only
0: thing that, you know, you just start to see your body change a little bit, which isn't, it's not bad and I'm embracing it, but you do have to give yourself that like, okay, this is how, this is normal. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I'm not 20 anymore and that's okay. Yep.
1: So um, Kip's granddad used to tease his Nana all the time because she spent a lot of money on what she called wrinkle cream. And he (laughs) said, well, it's working. (laughs) Like implying she had wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah but um, Aww. I think you look great for 40. Oh, thank you. So um, I'm excited, Heather. We're just going to jump right in. I'm excited about today's episode. Yes. We get to invite a sweet friend, someone we've known a really long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how many years, mm-hmm. but um, we are welcoming Robin Blick to the episode today. Hi, Robin. Hi. How are you girls? We good. are good. You guys are so cute. I love just watching all that. Oh, fun. We have fun <laughs> together. It's you know when you're kind of walking in your calling and you know you're in the right spot right now? Yeah. It's fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's that's not always good. easy.
0: Nope.
2: Nope. But it's, but it's right. Yeah, I'm so good. glad that
0: you're here with us. So yeah. often we have to record guests over phone, you mm-hmm. know, over a phone call and you're here Yay. in person sitting across from us and we're drinking coffee and it's, yeah. it's just a good girls chat. Yeah. That's good.
1: So Robin, we, the premise of the H&H Hour is that we really highlight that our ordinary lives are very extraordinary when we view them through the lens that God intended us to. You know, he is so strategic to write all of our stories with so much purpose and intent. And I think a lot of times we kind of glaze over the small things that God intended for us to see as big things. Mm -hmm. And so we just love giving people this platform to share your story, to talk about kind of how God's wired you and your family and what God's doing through you. Because we so believe that God is going to use your voice and mm-hmm. your story to reach someone that maybe we couldn't. Mm-hmm. So we're excited for today. Yay. It's gonna to be a good conversation. I'm excited too. We've already been chatting and I was like, we should have just pushed recording. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one thing we do, we ask every single guest, um, first because our listeners don't know you at all, um, some of them will, but um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your hubby, your
2: kiddos, your job, your hobbies. Sure. Um, so Josh and I have been together for a lifetime, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, we started dating when we were fourteen and got married when we were a young twenty. Yes. <laughs> um, so we really have been together more than not, you yeah, know, most of our awesome. life. Yeah, we know each other better than any other person. I feel like, but mm-hmm. um, so we have been married for seventeen years. Wow. I think. Yes. I think we just had this discussion and. He thought it was 18, but then I reminded him, no, it's 17.
0: Um, You get to a certain point where it's really... Yes, and he has
2: the date tattooed on his arm, so I think he has like an advantage, (laughs) you know? Like he gets to really know. Um, But so we have five boys. We Mm -hmm. are raising a tribe in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, My husband is a pastor, and we've been at our church, Alpine Chapel, for about eight years, Mm -hmm. and um, have been doing student ministry together and now just moved into a new role that he... um, I kind of can't even give it a title, but he is our creative arts pastor, um, which to me has so much more than just a video, media, camera, you know, that sort of thing. It's um, very much pastoring through that as well. So, um, and then, yeah, I do my thing and do um, my jobs and I get to do girly fun jobs, which Mm -hmm. I love because I have all boys. And (laughs) um, so I get that little outlet of my fun girly stuff and yeah, that's kind of our world. We do sports all weekend and... What That's sports us. are your
1: boys in right now?
2: They've um, really into basketball, and mm-hmm. now we're into soccer season. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, if it would ever shape up, the uh-huh. weather we keep getting canceled because of know. snow in yeah. April. It's in ridiculous. April, <laughs> yes, spring soccer is uh, not on. happening. Yeah, so confusing. So, I have to yeah. tell
0: you, I am so excited to sit across from you um, for for many reasons, but for one of the reasons is that you guys are pastors, mm-hmm. and you have the heartbeat of the local church, mm-hmm. and I mean that is just like what we live and breathe here, um, in our world. And we love it so much. And just to be able to sit across from someone who gets that, Mm -hmm. you know, who has given their life and is all in, in that world is really exciting and, Mm -hmm. and kind of a breath of fresh air for us to experience that with someone else and have that conversation with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. So we ask all of our guests, this, tell us something about your life Robin that is ordinary or about yourself that feels ordinary.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm just an ordinary girl. (laughs) I grew up in a really big family. Um, I'm the youngest of six. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so funny because you could ask all of us about our childhood and every story would be different. Mm -hmm. We all have a different feeling of, you know, where we came from. And you guys know that with big families. But, you know, just a girl who uh, lives life, loves life, Um, nothing super special. Um, I know that's probably like the hardest question is Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's that's just just living life. I Mm -hmm. just love my husband and my kids and just very um, ordinary. There's nothing ever has been this big handed to me Mm -hmm. type of, you know, Mm -hmm. format. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how most people answer that question, I guess, but I feel like just a regular girl who is figuring out life with everybody else. (laughs) I love that because that is exactly who I feel like we all are mm-hmm. and who all of our
0: listeners are. It's like, we just feel like we're just these normal, ordinary people, Yeah. no matter what we walk through in life. Yeah. I think everyone feels that way. Yeah. Well, and here you've been married 17 years
1: and <laughs> you know you still feel just ordinary. Just me. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of single girls would maybe think like, Hey, as mm-hmm. soon as I'm married, mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel like just an ordinary girl.
2: Right. You know? Right. And,
1: um, I don't mean that even in a negative way, but it's yeah. just that I think it's so important to, you know, connect with Jesus before you even expect for man to try and feel yeah. anything in your yeah. life. For so, sure. yeah. 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 So then on the flip side, what's something about
2: your life that is extraordinary? Even a harder question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, um, honestly for me, I think what makes the ordinary, um, is kind of the extraordinary. Like if I, if I were to think about this question and think, um, what is it about me that might be unique or different or this extraordinary factor? You know, what would be my it factor kind mm-hmm. of thing? I mean, truly it is um, knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think everything is different for me yeah. because I know Jesus. Everything can be extraordinary because I know Jesus. Yes. And I, I see it parallel with with friends that I um, might do life with. And when they don't know Jesus, everything is so uh, much of a struggle and everything. And, and not that I don't have a struggle, but it's different. Yes. So the extraordinary piece when someone might say, oh, wow, you're so strong mm-hmm. or something like, I don't, I feel the ordinary. Yeah, I, feel I feel the yes. very weak, yes. ordinary Robin that I am, yes. but yet I know what he's given me in the strength and in my weakness, his strength has made me the, yes. the extraordinary. And yes. that's where I think... um you know, if I were like, what's my secret weapon? What's my superpower? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that sounds really kind of silly, and mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm talking like if I were talking to little toddlers and being like, "You can be a superhero!" Jesus, <laughs> and yeah. I don't even have toddlers anymore. But yeah. um, that that genuinely does kind of feel like that's my source, yeah. like that's my plug-in. That is that is it. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that answer so much mm-hmm. because I feel like Heather and I both. You know, as we're mentoring women in our circle, we say that a lot. But I think to hear another voice reiterating that—that that mm-hmm. that's not just our go-to, that's not just our fallback. Yeah, yeah. Like that is really, truly what we actually makes believe. All it. the difference we're it, not just it changes. It, we believe
2: it. it changes today. Yes. It changes tomorrow. Yes. I mean, I couldn't have had today mm-hmm. <laughs> without Jesus. Right. You know. Right. And I could let everything in this world be this what it is. But because of Jesus, it's, I mean, it's just that much more. Mm -hmm. It's just that much better. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. That's so good. Okay, let's talk about your husband a little bit. Okay. So you mentioned (laughs) that you guys started dating when you were 14. Yikes. (laughs) I know, now that you have a 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. That's a scary thing to think about. Um, being in student ministry for eight years, we feel like we were like the worst example. Mm. <laughs> oh. Because we would have like we would have junior hires, like these students be like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love. Uh-huh. And we're like, No, you're not. And they're like, You were? Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. now look at you're married. This yeah. is gonna happen to me. And yeah. we're like, Oh my gosh, oh. that is not gonna happen. You know, I mean it and it's not that we were the worst example. I'm just kidding, because we were so young. Yeah. But the difference of um 14 year old in 1995. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that when it was? <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. 1995. <laughs> I remember because in Peoria, people used to write on the hill. Yeah. Do you remember that, yes. you guys? Yes. And they And my cheer squad wrote our cheer and we wrote 95. Oh, and that's when I met Josh and I just, that's what I remember. Okay. Wow. It's like my secret. It was prophetic. You wrote it yes, on the hill. Yes, right. <laughs> but um, it looked a lot different than yeah. today's world and Oh, you know, I'm gonna Snapchat and now she's my girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Like it's totally different. Yeah. Um, we had so much um accountability. We mm-hmm. had so many boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so our dating looked a lot like courtship. You know, it looked yeah. we didn't define it that way, yeah. but it looked yeah. a lot different. Um, we had a lot of involvement by adults and yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And so um we started dating, which who even knows what that was. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. my husband, yeah. he's so funny because I gotta tell you this story, because this is like This is like the foundation of where we began. He gets the nerve. And, you know, I think by this time we're like 15, 16, we've been dating for a a year, which is like, hi, you know, (laughs) how are you? Um, And he gets up the nerve and he tells his friends, I'm going to tell her I love her. I'm going to say I love you. I mean, we're like 15, 16, you know, (laughs) come on. But he gets the nerve, and he writes me a letter. and It's Valentine's Day, and um, so I think he's sixteen, and I'm still fifteen. That's where he get the, got the creativity from, right? Valentine's Day,
1: telling you he loves you on Valentine's. Yes, Day. exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's I, I'm, I'm going to do this.
2: <laughs> so he writes me a letter, and then he sits me down at youth group, and you know, all his friends are older, and they're they're off in the corner, and they're watching me. They know, know it's going <laughs> to happen, and he's like, so um, you know, he's nervous, he's sweating, and his hands are fidgety, and he's like. Um, <clears throat> I said, There's something I wanted to tell you, and um, <clears throat> I love you. <laughs> and I go, Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I said, Thank you to his I love you. And he's like, What? Like, that wasn't the response he yeah, was looking he, for. And yeah. his friends were like, Oh my gosh. And so, in my world, I love you meant so much. In my world, that held so much value. I didn't yeah. just tell everyone I loved them. And yeah. so, what then I had to communicate it took a while to. Bring him you know, down. bring him down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had to communicate to him that this is a good thing. You don't want me to just repeat something. Yeah. You want me to mean this. Yeah. I and and I didn't articulate it that well as a fifteen year old, but yeah. in my efforts it was um finally uh reciprocated. Six months later he he said it another time, you know, and I was yeah. like, I love you too. And he was like, Oh my gosh, Jesus. you really do. <laughs> I know you so do. Great. Yeah. Aww. So it was a really meaningful thing Aww. for us. But um, yeah, so we have just genuinely, really, truly loved each other and yeah. each other only. We are we are our onlys and so um, cool. got married super young and had our kiddos young because that's just kind of where we saw God taking us. Yeah. So, yeah. so I want to jump on that really quick yeah. because I remember, you know, being
1: a friend alongside you, being young alongside you and kind of watching some of that come about. But I also remember that you guys had really high standards mm. for your relationship. And I specifically remember you getting made fun of for <laughs> yeah. your standards and it, you were in a workforce and I can't remember where you were working, but some of the other people were mm-hmm. making fun of you for your standards. Can you talk on that a little bit?
2: Okay. It's interesting. Um, you say that because I was just having this conversation with somebody else. Um, yeah, Josh and I really, um, grew up in the youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of came along and he would admit this cause he liked this girl, mm-hmm. you know, me. And so he was coming along, but then genuinely building friendships and, and, learning about Jesus and knowing him for his own personal life too. But I had a big family and they were scary. (laughs) I mean, they were like, not anybody just comes into the Brewer clan and sweeps somebody out and, you know, yes. And so there was a lot of accountability, not only with my family, with our youth group, with our youth pastors and our friends. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Our dating relationship really, you know, had a lot of hovering, a lot of people checking in on us. And it was really important in our youth group, um, to establish boundaries and purity was really important because I truly believe that, you know, God designs marriage and sex and all of that where, um, we put everything in the wrong order. (laughs) We like to figure everything else out first. And so, um, I guess I was strongly convicted at a young age that because God designed me, he knows me. He knows that he has the best plan. He knows that I can't wait to be married and, and have a family and all that. But he had the best plan figured out that I wanted to do whatever it was he said was was ideal. Yeah. Um, and so – Purity and waiting, um, to have sex for marriage was huge to me. And that was, that was right at the forefront. That was said right up front, which probably would have scared anybody, but for yeah. whatever reason, Josh stuck around. Yeah. Um, and so that became something that he respected, not only respected of me, but then that became something that was a priority to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, I was actually um, with a softball group. I was 18, okay. though. I was older, and we were doing um, a traveling team, 18 and under. They had recruited me. Mm-hmm. And um, so they – you know, these girls were heading off to college. It was that yeah, sort yeah. of a thing. But it was um, – Oh, your boyfriend's here, you know, this kind of thing. And it just led right into it. Like, okay, so just asking all those specific questions. Mm And, um, right away I had an opportunity and I said, actually, no, um, we, we aren't having sex until we get married. It was just the forefront of the conversation. And they were like, wait, what? Like how long have you been dating? And we, at this point, have been dating for four years all through high school. And that's a long time time. to not be doing things, you know? And, um, they, that was just the start. That was just the beginning of this. Oh, you know, and there was some teasing, some making fun. There was some, uh, some of that going on, but honestly, I just kept standing up Mm -hmm. and they would look at, who I was and there was something different yeah, which we all know I mean for me I know it was Jesus but they just mm-hmm. didn't know who he was yet sure. and my I was a catcher and so my pitcher and I had a really good relationship and honestly it wasn't till two years later I got a letter in the mail like a handwritten letter mm. to my condo <laughs> from my pitcher and um she was so sweet but she just wrote it out and she was like, you know, a couple years back and we spent all that time together and I just had a lot of questions and I didn't understand anything that this, who this Jesus was to Mm -hmm. you. And she's like, but I found him now. And I want to thank you so much because Mm -hmm. you were that part of my life that That prompted. I know. And it was all from a sex talk. (laughs) I mean, it all started with, with this is who I am and this is why. Um, And I think, I think students are afraid of that these days. I think it's hard to, Mm -hmm. to live in that and to stand up for what you believe and to just not even care. And I empathize for this generation and I've watched, you know, so many students um try to walk through high school and it is just hard. Yeah. And I get it. And that's why student ministry was so important to me, is to be that, you know, that voice into their life. So, wow. yeah.
0: I love that it's something that you were willing to stand up for led mm-hmm. to someone else's finding Jesus and I think we just we do lack some of that in our in our world today. Yeah. Not just in the younger generation but as as adults, mm. you know, and like being confident in what God has called us to and that whole truth and love. You yeah. Know, standing yeah. up for what is right and for what we believe and what we know to be true and and love coming alongside yeah. of that. They go right. hand in hand. Um, that's awesome. What a great story. Thanks. I love that so <laughs> much. So my question is this you've got boys, you're raising boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that conversation look like with them? As you're Oh my gosh! Dating and <laughs> yes. and all of that.
2: you guys, the funniest thing, and I, I was talking to my 13 year old. Um, it wasn't last night, but it was the night before, because my husband has been out of town fishing, and so I took some time with the boys. It's really easy for me when Josh is gone to get really busy yeah. and to clean and to get all those you know yeah. crazy things yeah. organized mm-hmm. that you've been dreaming uh-huh. of doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well. I don't know, it had to be God just kind of settling my spirit to just be with my boys, but um I took some time and chatted with, it was too late, it was after bedtime, but I took some time and I chatted with the younger two and was telling them all about when they were babies and this, that, and then I went with the older two, well... My 10 year old, we still have yet to have the whole talk mm-hmm. and conversation. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, hides under the covers and he's oh, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to hear it. And, you know, we laugh and joke. And then the 13 year old is like, can we do that now? Oh. Mom, can you tell him now I want to watch? And I'm like, no, that's awful. But for <laughs> I my, watch. I know. He's like, I want to see him squirm. Um, so my 13 year old actually um, brought up the conversation. Oh, we can all remember it so clearly. He was um, in fifth grade and he was reading his Bible. And he comes upstairs and says, "Mom, what does it mean that lots lots daughters slept with him? Got him drunk and slept with him. That's what That's what that's how this began." Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so we were like, "Oh my gosh, we have to have the talk now." Yeah. So we we really really unpacked what God I mean, really where where I um, set my standards upon was, was God designing me and who I was and mm-hmm. who I was meant to be. Um, and so that's just kind of where we went with, with our oldest and, and shared all of that with him. And now that that's covered, yeah. you know, and he, he, we laugh about this too. He didn't quite understand that. Okay. God did make a man and a woman to create more people. Yeah. He yeah. didn't know there was a fun element in yeah. there. <laughs> And then the day he realized, I can vividly—we joke about it all the time. The day he realized, he was like, "Well, then he—he, this may be too much." No, but he was like, "So, so, so that means you and Dad have had sex seven times."
1: (laughs) Yes, seven times. And
2: I was like, "Uh, well, no, maybe, maybe little, no, a little bit more." And and he was like, "Well, like, so how many times?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know, Mom. You said I could ask you anything. You said anything, you would tell me the okay. truth." That I he's calling you out. And yeah. I was like, "I don't know, Josh. Where's like I right cannot now? give you a number. <laughs> like I don't know." And he he was really upset that I couldn't tell him until the day that it was um, honey, people do that for fun too. Like, it's not just, you know, I explain God designed you to be, you know, these people. And so it was a really funny thing, but we talk about dating with our son and he, he's really good about it. He's pretty open and we're chatting. I'm super talkative and open. My husband on the other hand is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. (laughs) Like, whoa, you just went there and it's just too much. But I want my kids to come home from the bus and say, what does this word mean? Yeah. What does that mean? My friends are talking about this. And I ask the hard questions yeah. because I'm not willing to let it, to let it be found out. Right. From someone right, else right. or somewhere else yeah. or on Google. Yeah. Google search. Google search. That's right. Name One happens. podcast at a time. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm not willing to let the world define that's these right. things in my kids' lives. So I go to the uncomfortable places with yeah. them and I talk about it. Hey, what are your friends talking about? And um, what kind of words like have, you know, they said things that you don't know or understand. And yeah. um, we talk about what it does mean to date. Um, it's a little bit tricky because I think my oldest um, looks at, My husband and I.
0: Yeah.
2: And he might say, well, then I must follow that path. I must only date one person. And, you know, and I don't want him to set himself up for this feeling of um, comparison or Mm -hmm. I can't meet up to that because Mm -hmm. it's It's a different generation. And I want him to know that you can date people, but there has to be purpose behind it. It's not just a element, you know, to toss around. And so, yeah, I mean, we have open conversations often.
0: I love that you (laughs) say that. It's so good because I can relate to it a little bit because Chris and I, we were very much in a very traditional courtship type Mm -hmm. setting when we met and that was the expectation of us. And there were so many good, valuable things that came from that, but there's also some, some hard things that came from it. And, um, We have just had this conversation with our, he's 11, but we've started to have this conversation of what it looks like. And that you know, dating is not a sin. It's not wrong. Because honestly, that's how I grew up feeling and believing Mm -hmm. was that if you were dating, it was sin. Mm -hmm. It was wrong. Mm -hmm. And that it's not, but it's, it's under God's like guidelines under the love and guidance Mm -hmm. of your parents when you're younger, for sure. You know, and that. It's with a purpose, right? And just having those conversations where it doesn't have to be in a box, right? Doesn't have to look a certain way, mm-hmm. but really just going, "How's the Holy Spirit leading?" Right. You as you know, you as a child, and us as your parents through this. Yeah,
2: that's a really hard concept for students to learn because I feel like that's something that we've been trying to, you know, filter in into their lives without being so disconnected. Yes. Because they, you know, they're like looking at us like, whoa, I just wanna go to prom. Yeah. You know? And so it's that it's that really, um just just really good open communication about it. Like it's yeah, it isn't wrong, you know, to have feelings for somebody, to to really enjoy time with somebody, but like it's that it's just protecting like your heart and who you are and how much you're giving away because that's you and that's all you get to give away. Yeah. And if you keep giving it to every person, you know how
1: many left. And I think that about my kiddos. They're younger, but I want you know, the first girl that my son thinks is cute, I want to know about it. I know. You know, I want to be the one that he tells <laughs> yeah. and not have him feel like he has to suppress those feelings or right. feel like right. something must be wrong with me that I like this person. You yeah, know? So exactly. I yeah. want that conversation to be happening. So I love that you're doing that with your boys. Is yeah. like, come on, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes <laughs> they do and sometimes they don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you and Josh, so you guys have this beautiful life. You've mm-hmm. got a beautiful family and it would probably be easy for people to kind of look at you through social media and think... Well, she's just got it all, doesn't she? You know, mm-hmm. but you've walked through a lot of really deep loss. And yeah. um, would you talk to us about your children that
2: yeah. are already with Jesus? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people probably don't know, you know, um, the depth of loss that we've walked through. I mean, I think I think many people know some of it, but um, I kind of feel like God God started early in my walk with him preparing me maybe because I've always loved babies I've always loved children I knew I was going to be a mother you know but I think that he started um early in just him and I just that relationship and knowing where we were going to go I didn't know where we were going to go but I think he did so I think him yeah just just really preparing my heart but um Josh and I started having kids young. I wanted to be a young mama. My my sisters and the brother, they started their families, and I was just like, oh, I can't wait. And so um, we, we did. We started having kids about three years into marriage. Uh, our goal was five, but
0: we only made it
2: three. Um, and had our first, uh, second, third. <laughs> we started having all these babies together. And um. After after having Boston, so we had Parker, Roman, and Boston. Um, I got pregnant again quickly. We were we were fast learners that this was easy for us yeah. to get pregnant. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so it's like yeah. oh goodness, yeah. um, and. That was, that was a really quick um, pregnancy, and my friends were super excited. I always had this good support system. My mm-hmm. friends were always like, yes, and I'm like, I'm the one that's carrying all these children. <laughs> you know, you guys just get to cheer in the background. Yeah. But um, that child was um, quickly followed by – I started miscarrying. Mm-hmm. Um, I – Hadn't really experienced a lot of people around me that had miscarried and lost, and it was uh, really upsetting. But it was very early; it was like a seven-week mm-hmm. um, pregnancy. I just found out. I hadn't shared all the news. Um, it's still really hard and sad because as a mom, you just you just process all of that. You you find out you're pregnant. That that oh. stick says pregnant, yeah. and you are like going on to the next mm-hmm. five years of yeah. that baby's yes, life. Absolutely. You know, yes. um, and that was, that was hard. But, um, in that, in those moments, I was celebrating one of my best friend's first mm-hmm. child's birth. And wow. so it was actually, um, simultaneously mm-hmm. I was losing and she was having. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of let the Lord, I was just like, you know what, Lord, I don't want to steal and take any joy away from this life that you have chosen to give, yeah. um, my, my best friend. And, um, you know, let this pain just, let me just find you in the midst. So it was painful, but it was quickly followed by another pregnancy, Um, which again, it was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. And my family was like super excited. Everybody was kind of feeling like, oh, yay. Like you're going to kind of get that back. And so we were super excited. Um, Everything was seemed, seemed to be going great. And we had our three boys and you better believe it. We wanted a girl. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wanted a girl a couple more other times, but um, <laughs> I was, uh, really, really hoping like, okay, we could finally get our little girl or whatever. So we, um, everyone who knew us knew we were going in to find out the gender. I was 18 weeks pregnant and my midwife kind of let me sneak in cause it was supposed to be 20 weeks, but she was like, okay, I'll let you and we'll try to see if we can find out. And, yeah. um, we had the boys come with us and our family was waiting. Everyone was like, okay, text us first. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all my friends, it was like, oh, are they finally going to have a girl? And um, to our surprise, going into that visit, um, the technician, you know, started the ultrasound and right away her face, like her face changed and I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, the baby had no heartbeat and she just, sadly told us, I'm so sorry, you've already lost your baby. Mm-hmm. And I just broke. My kids had no idea like what was happening and my husband, I mean, we had not walked through this with anyone mm-hmm. close to us. I mean, for being the youngest mm-hmm. of six kids and mm-hmm. for having other friends and, um, and maybe it's just that people didn't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, cause now I know yeah. how many people have experienced yeah. such loss, but I didn't ever hear anybody talk about it. Yeah. So I do, I just remember, um, it was almost like a silence. It was almost like a, a mute. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even think why would this happen to me? Yeah. And oh my gosh, I could tell you how many people I've heard that from Mm -hmm. since then. Mm -hmm. Why would this happen to me? And that's, that's the wrestle I went, um, with the Lord was, um, I have done everything you have asked me. Mm -hmm. I have led a life of a, of a Christian. I have followed your ways. I have done. And then you did this to me. I mean, that is where I went in this time that this savior, this hero, this person I blame, I wanted to blame. Somebody had to get blamed. Yeah. So then it was, um, just, I mean, I literally had about two weeks of, um, immense sorrow i mean even my husband was like calling my mom "Um, i don't really know what to do with her you know like she's so sad yeah um and god really just started oh he just started like pouring his love over me in such a unique way um i really couldn't and when i say i couldn't speak it's not like i i was actually mute i just had nothing to say yeah and I didn't want to say anything cuz it didn't it wasn't going to be good. It yeah, wasn't yeah. going to come out good right. and there was just I was in shock. I just couldn't believe it. And um I started writing and just writing out like my thoughts of where God was taking me and that's where he started speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm really not. i I never have been a writer. I've never been interested in writing. Um, no one's ever told me in school you should be a writer. Um, you know, and so I was just sort of pouring what was happening in my mind in onto paper and um, onto the computer. And what the coolest thing in that moment is where um this is where God really got a hold of me for what my journey was coming in a few in a few years to come. Um, I was laying in my bed. And I had to make a choice, um, for how to proceed now, now that I had lost and I had, um, you know, to make a decision to either go deliver my child or have surgery or wait at home. And I had all these children at home and it was having, having children was such a life giving experience to me that I didn't want to steal that joy. And, and it, it, this is the worst decision ever in my mind to have to make. And so my husband and I made the decision that, you know, we would go in and I would, um, you know, have the procedure done. And, um, I remember laying on my bed and just how am I ever going to do this? This is the worst thing ever. And God so clearly, because I, I wouldn't have thought of this. I, I know this was God because I wouldn't have thought to do this because this sounds dumb to me. (laughs) Um, God very clearly said, stretch out your arms. And so I stretched out my arms. I was laying on my bed and he said, breathe, breathe, breathe just rest and breathe. And that's, mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, he's going to do a miracle. Yeah. Cause I begged, mm-hmm. I begged and begged and begged Lord breathe life back into this mm-hmm. child and I'll, and I'll go to the doctor and they'll, they'll see you, they'll yeah. see this miracle and you'll be glorified. Lord, I promise yeah. do it. You know? So I did, I, I breathe and I rest and I calmed down and you know, nothing. I mean, not, not like I was expecting one specific, yeah. but I went to the doctor, um, uh, walk down that hall. I had to give my glasses. I couldn't see. I, it was very just, I had to say goodbye to Josh and I I couldn't see anything. And I went into the operating room and, you know, it's all the bright lights and I, you know, they lay me down on the bed and the doctor comes over me and he's like hovering over me and I am just crying and just bawling. And the nurses are wiping my tears away and, um, I can't really do much because they're, they're, you know, starting to hook me up and all these things. And, the doctor leans over and he says, stretch out your arms. Mm-hmm. And he says, breathe, breathe, just rest and breathe. Mm-hmm. And That was the last thing I heard. And I woke up remembering that and knowing, God, you're in this. Yes. I don't know what or why or, you know, what's next, but you're in this. And I know that. And that's where um, I started this journey of knowing how to truly be anchored in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, Hebrews 6.19 at that time was my healing because mm-hmm. – I was spending some time. We had moved. All these different life experiences happen as they do. Life carries on even when you're in the middle of loss and grief, Yeah. which is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, But we moved and started working at this church. And they probably thought I was crazy because I cried all the oh, time. <laughs> Every worship song brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. But I was spending some time in Bible study, and It was the morning where we were spending time alone. And I was just, Lord, I'd love to like hear from you today. Like, that'd be awesome, you know? Yeah. And I was still very much in a process of healing. Um, and he brought that verse to me, Hebrews six nineteen, um, being anchored. And I, I got this real life picture of this anchor and that the storms are going to come. And this isn't the only one, but if you're anchored mm. in me, yes. we have this hope that Yes. As an anchor for the soul. And that's where it brought me back. All the questions, because I had every one of them, every yeah. question. It brought me back, well, he, he is my anchor mm-hmm. no matter what. And so um, that was our first real experience yeah. of loss. Yeah. And as you know, the story carries on. Okay, so let's talk about Zion. Okay. I love talking about Zion. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> um, after having... Um, Jet, I that was so much joy in my life because I had just experienced, you know, very deep loss mm-hmm. and um, I did not want to ever be pregnant again <laughs> um, yeah, and true. found out I was pregnant with Jet and was a little bit upset about it, um, but quickly turned that thought into a prayer of, Lord, um, I just pray joy over this child yeah. because I need joy restored yeah. in this moment because of oh my gosh, what if I experience this again? Yes. What if I experience this? I can't go there again, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, um, oh my gosh, that child came out with pure joy on his face. and He's he, like your mini me. He, he kind of is. We've been looking back at pictures and we're like, oh my gosh. Um, but God knew I needed that. Um Joy, I knew I needed him. I needed all my kids, but there was just his plan and timing. Um because not too long after after Jet, I'm pregnant again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys know what causes pregnancy? (laughs) Somebody's asked us. (laughs) We might need to go back to school. No. Um So I get pregnant again, and I'm kind of – I live in the northwest suburbs, and I think the average amount of kids are like 1.5. Yeah. No. So
1: you're already (laughs) You know, I'm a little bit – (laughs) yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, one to two kids, three was a big family, and so I'm a little bit like, oh, my goodness, we're pregnant again. But hey – whatever. We love our kids. We do this well. And, you know, so quickly got on the excitement again, because I love my babies. You know, the boys were so excited. Um, Parker was nine. And so he was really, you know, he was really into Jet. Jet was two. And so like, this was super fun. The kids were helpful with Jet. So, so we thought, okay, this is going to be, you know, really fun. Um, 20 weeks go in for gender again. And um, I thought, should we take all the boys? And Josh was like, no, (laughs) he said we had no alarms of any kinds of things but he was like no you know we have experienced that before and so we're gonna we're gonna come back and um you know share the good news with them and all that stuff and I don't think he anticipated anything he just was in kind of like protection mode being the head of the house and um we went in and you can just tell when the um, tone changes. And I started asking a few questions during the ultrasound. And I was so excited. I was like, will you please tell me like right away, if you know, it's a girl or like, if you know, it's a boy, like I love my voice. And I was being very like, just talkative and chatty and a little over the top. And the technician was very quiet. And so I was like, "Hey, is everything okay? And she's like, um, yeah, the doctor's going to talk with you. The, I, I just do the measurements, but the mm-hmm. doctor's going to, she wouldn't say yes or no. Yeah. So Fast forward a little bit, and we find out that our baby is small, and, um, you know, maybe that means nothing. There weren't any huge key factors in that particular ultrasound. Maybe that means nothing, Um, but we need to go to a level two ultrasound to to be sure, and so, you know, I wasn't too alarmed. I'm a pretty, like, positive thinker. Like, I don't really go to the worst, and um, so a few weeks later, we went to, or I think within a week, we went to the next ultrasound. In that ultrasound is very similar tone um, where the technician just did her job, mm-hmm. you know. And then I can remember sitting in this room, everything is so vivid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor telling us that our baby had 99.9% sure that our baby had trisomy 18. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? Like, I don't even know. I've never even heard of that word. I don't know what that means. So he explained that. Our baby um, had a third chromosome, very much like Down syndrome is 21. Ours was 18, and this was incompatible with life. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely looked across the table and said, what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, mm-hmm. incompatible? And he was like, this is fatal. Mm-hmm. And here's the, stis- the statistics. Um, most babies don't, don't make it full term. Most babies have other um, factors, other conditions that, you know, stand in the way of life along with these other things. There is a multiple, I mean, it was just, he, and I think I just went numb. He just kept talking and telling us all these things and our choices. Now we had some choices. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I'm 20 weeks pregnant with life and I'm being asked to make some decisions about his life.
1: Yeah.
2: And that was just crushing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we were, I was so devastated in knowing that I was carrying a child that was kind of out of this life sentence. Like Mm -hmm. it just felt like what? Mm -hmm. Um, we started going to see the doctors about twice a week. We had to drive an hour there and, um, lay there for about three hours Mm -hmm. while a heart, a pediatric heart surgeon would just, I mean, literally an hour and a half be looking at my child. Wow! And I don't know what he's looking at, and and then he would <sighs> take a deep breath and do the next. And I'm thinking, is that was that a good thing? Was that yeah. a bad thing? And, he, and you know, he they were awesome. The staff was amazing, but the reality was, Zion was sick. Mm. And and being in ministry in the church world, um, so many people want to say something else. They want to say, you know what? He's going to be okay. Mm. You love you love God. Um, I'm praying that he's going to be healed. Um, He's going to be okay. And I remember like listening to people and just having this glaze and thinking, you don't lay there for three hours and hear the reality Mm -hmm. of the way his body is forming. And it's not that I don't want to have faith, but something happened in the middle of this journey, in the middle of that last 20 weeks is that we had to make a decision and it was it was not a decision on Zion's life. I told those doctors to stop asking me that question yeah. because this is my child. Yeah. And they, they wrote a note real big and <laughs> highlighted it. Don't ask her again about termination because yeah, that yeah. was, you know, that was yeah. an option. Yeah. And um, the decision was, Lord, I have no idea what you're going to walk us through, but I pray that you would be glorified in the middle of it. And recently I've been reading about Jesus over Easter and his walk and how he begged the Lord to take this from him. Lord, please, if you, if anything, take it from me. I know what's ahead, but take it from me. But not my will, but yours be done. And that was genuinely the the shift and the change. And it didn't, I'm not going to say that that's, oh, now it was easy. Right. But what it did was it lifted the worry, the anxiety, the pain, the thoughts. I mean, sleepless nights. My face was like a stain of tears. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's all I would do would would process forwards and backwards. Like what what would it look like to lose a child? Like Mm -hmm. What what does it look like to deliver a stillborn? What does it look like? I thought of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, So I never slept. Mm -hmm. And so it was that moment when I gave it to the Lord and I said, I I honestly don't know where you're going to take us. But. I just pray that you would be glorified. And I think through that, I think that change in prayer, um, rather than everything I ever wanted, and someone was like, Did you just fervently pray for healing? Mm-hmm. And I said, You know, I did pray for healing, but more than that, it was, Lord, what do you want out of this life? Yeah. Because I don't know what healing looks like in God's power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what it looks like to glorify you in this. Like, I don't know what that looks like. Um, And so Zion, you know, we kept going and he made it to 40 weeks, the little thing. And I was huge. I was huge. Like everyone would ask me because I'm in public and, you know, I've got all these other kids and then I'm huge. And Zion's only four pounds, but I wasn't. I surely, I mean, I was because I, with that, you carry a lot of extra water. There's all these other things. And um, he made it to 40 weeks and I was just like kind of so proud of him. I was like, you keep it up. Like you keep proving to everybody. And there was this fear, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to deliver him. And now this is it. Like we are going to know now, um, what he looks like. And that's a scary thing too, for a mom to not know when your child is sick, what that might look like. Um, And I remember finally going into labor and then that, you know, that excitement hits and I deliver all my babies naturally. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like this Mm -hmm. adrenaline Mm -hmm. thing that you're just like amped. And it's like, I mean, in kind of in a weird way, you like (laughs) don't want to do it at all (laughs) because you know how bad it is. But, um, I had the most perfect labor, Mm -hmm. even, even the nurses were like looking at Josh and kind of looking at me and I was just in my zone and. They were like, Is she okay? And he's like, Yeah, just let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just let her and they all knew we wanted time with Zion. We didn't want him rushed away. We wanted him cared for, whatever mm-hmm. he needed. Mm-hmm. We wanted everything he needed, but we didn't want to just, you know, rush him into the NICU for whatever. Mm-hmm. We wanted this time, this quality, you know, with quality you didn't time. Know what no, that would look like. No, we yeah. were prepared with the pediatric cardiologist. We were prepared that he may need a heart surgery, but not urgent. Mm-hmm. This would be a two-week mm-hmm. surgery when he was a little older and a little okay. stronger. As long as he could um, with, withstand the surgery, that was our main goal, but it wasn't immediate. And okay. he had assured us of that. Okay, He had assured us that um, what he knew from his technology and everything he could do, and I'm telling you what, he spent a lot of time with us, <laughs> is that zion's heart was gonna beat you know it is what he thought without the surgery until a couple of weeks or whatever so um i had to lay down for them to kind of monitor one time and um you know i'm just laying there and the nurse is like honey are you feeling these and i was like what the what the contractions yeah because these are strong and they are right on top of each other i was like yeah I, i feel them i'm just trying to like you know stay in the zone. Yeah. And she's like, these big eyes, like, okay. And sure enough, I was a 10. I was ready. Oh, wow. And then my water just hadn't broke. Okay. And they were like, if we break your water, he can be here. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, so mm-hmm, yeah. Zion was born and, oh man, I just, I cannot tell you how much the world stood still. No other like, everything they told us and thinking about losing all that was gone because he was here and he was so cute like (laughs) oh the cutest and we got to kiss him and see him for a second and then they they swept him away um and josh and i just prayed like we had no idea what that meant they swept him away they gave him a little oxygen and they brought him back over and he is seriously the most beautiful baby ever (laughs) (laughs) and um they brought him back over and uh said, you might have a few minutes. Mm. So we just ood and awed over our little guy. And, you know, to me, he looked a whole lot stronger than a few minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and um, Mama Bear started coming out. And um, I was like, well, when does he need to eat? And they told me, oh, he won't eat.
0: Mm.
2: You know, he won't be able to do that. And friends and family started flooding in and everybody started. And, he, and I mean, I felt like I had a good handle on knowing I already knew him. Like mm-hmm. I was like this little guy he is here and he is, yes, yes. So we shared him with everyone. Um, friends and family had asked me beforehand, what do you want this to look like? Do you want this to be private? Do you want to, do you want to be the only one holding him and, um, us not taking that time away from you? And I remember saying, you know, I could tell you all about him or you could meet him. Yeah. So I think I want everybody to meet him. I think I want you guys to experience this with me. Like, I don't want to just tell you how amazing he is. And so I shared him. I mean, he never got far from my eyesight, but (laughs) um, everybody's smile. I mean, that was honestly our hospital was full of joy and god's glory was evident like mm-hmm. it was powerful it was radiant and then everybody came back the next day and i was like oh my gosh like this is it was just so much joy and happiness oh, yeah. and then we would kind of come back to reality and lay zion down on the bed and the, the neonatologist would come in and you know she had to do her job and uh she would tell us he's sick You know, she would tell us where he was at physically and what that looked like. And she kind of brought us down to this reality. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, you know, what can we do? And so we set in motion the plan of how to care for Zion and what we could do. And ultimately, our biggest goal was to bring him home. We wanted to bring him home. And the boys came and met him and saw him and loved him. And all of my boys experienced this uniquely and different. Um, But Zion's life was powerful. And I had no idea. I had no idea how much time we had. I don't think I showered though Mm -hmm. for for a few days. Um, I, we had a rotation of how to sleep. I slept next to my mother-in-law while she held him. So that I got a couple hours and then Josh would watch him while I held him and slept. And, uh, you know, just these different, we would have these rotations so that he was always cared for my family. We, we got to bring him home Mm -hmm. and my family just covered us with the physical needs, caring for our kids, um, feeding people. I mean, like I had no idea the, the whirlwind of chaos that was probably circling my life. Mm -hmm. I was just fully engaged with this child for 10 full days. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had a, we had a hospice nurse that would come in and check on us. And, um, again, these, times of reality hurt. These these times where people would come in and say, Okay, well this is the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, this may happen. Mm-hmm. They wanted us to set up his funeral. And I was like, Ew, get yeah. out of my house. Yes. Like he's alive. He is alive. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. But the reality was is she needed to kind of prepare us for some of these truths that might might happen in these situations. And um it did come to that point on day 10 where, um, th- the day before Zion had taken a big gasp and kind of turned a little bit of a blue. And that was the scariest thing where we realized, oh my gosh, these minutes have been so precious. You know, that was like the first time I knew that, um, God was in control, but I didn't know what we would walk through. Yeah, and it was on day ten that he took his last big breath. And my mother-in-law is a nurse, um, and she was there, and we pulled her in. And Josh was so good with him. And uh, she said, "I think this. I think it's time. And I think that um, you guys need to go be with him and spend your last moments with him um, because." This is this is how his body is made, and and we had that was that was a really difficult choice, mm-hmm. you know, to let him have this quality of life um, with us and with his family, and um, we gave him everything that we had, everything on hand as far as medicine and all that mm-hmm. stuff, um, and we held our child, and we brought our kids home, and they came and held their brother and said goodbye, and that isn't something anybody should do. Oh, no, you know, um that isn't something anyone knows how to do, you know and, um, I think the hardest thing too is knowing when to let go in the physical you know, knowing when to physically let go of Zion and then the minutes, days, you know, to come We're all the next part of the journey, you know, and, um, our family supported us every step of the way. And Zion's life was so impactful, not only to me, but I think to a world, (laughs) I think, um, for whatever reason, God, again, put that, that writing in me and, um, Honestly, like sometimes I sit down to write even today and it's not good. <laughs> and so I don't do it unless it's the Lord. And so I spent a lot of time because um, that's all I could do was yeah. was be held by Jesus. There really wasn't much else I could do. Um, so I kind of just started writing and sharing Zion. And um, it was so powerful to my family um, that even my dad was like sitting in the living room one day and he was – he was just like, do you think this is, Zion's life, do you think this is just bigger than yourself? Like, do you think this is bigger than what we all know just right here? You know, and I was like, I mean, I do. I think God's love through the midst of this tiny little child in his life and bringing so many people together and God's faithfulness, even through loss, it sounds so weird. Maybe it sounds so crazy to think that God could be so present in the midst of such tragedy. But my dad was so moved um, that he actually called in one of his radio stations that he calls in often and said, I think you need to hear this story. Wow. And that's when um, that's when media and, you know, it kind of started to spread, which unknown to me, you know, I'm just sharing my Instagram love to the few hundred people I know, yeah. you know, and um Zion's story uh, really went viral. I was asked to write, you know, what his story looked like. And um I really got to share the love of Jesus. And little did I know is God was being glorified. You know, God is being glorified through an ordinary family mm-hmm. who loved their child enough mm-hmm. um, to let God be in control and um, to let him be glorified, you know? So, yeah. I mean, the
1: world <laughs> really did watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, just the reach that his story had was pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, here you are, this girl from central Illinois. <laughs> and, um, I mean, even... Myself then being able to share your story, you know, over your blog and over your Instagram and whatnot with people walking through mm-hmm. similar situations was so powerful. Yeah, over the you know the years to come, and yeah. um, I just think I'm so I'm so proud of the way you and Josh walked through that because you're right, you can't prepare yourself for it. You can't yeah. prepare yourself for tragedy, and yeah. really, as a parent, the worst.
0: Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what did that look like for your marriage? Because I would imagine that marriage is hard enough.
2: Yep. <laughs> and then
0: to lose a child, I think that just yeah. is like the ultimate test on a marriage. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Statistics will show you that marriages fall apart after loss. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a high uh, percentage. And that's not something we were ever willing, um, to let happen, but we had to fight for our marriage. Mm-hmm. We had to fight for each other, um, Men and women grieve so differently Um, and life keeps moving and you can't believe it. I mean, as a mother, I couldn't believe, you know, I would go on social media. I couldn't believe somebody was laughing today. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just you're in this place where your world is wrecked and you can't believe that someone can have a normal day. And for a man, you know, he is the protector, the provider, and he did have to go to work and he did have to,
0: you know, be strong. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, situations like, you know, a few weeks would go by and I would maybe not cry every hour, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe, um, there was after some time, I finally went somewhere you know, but it wasn't for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I went to church and then ran out bawling, you know, so there's like these moments where I finally, but he would come home from work and find me. Actually, the first time he left me, I remember it was like for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I had Boston and I had Jet, so I had my little buddies there, but he had had left me at home and I was okay at the moment. And he came home and I was bawling and I Kleenexes everywhere and I was just wrecked. And he's like, what happened? Who said something? Like, he and it was this... And I looked at him like, what happened? Yeah. Are you, are you? And he's like, I, I'm sorry. I, I just meant like, like, did, like he yeah. it could, because he would cry to a response of something I just cried because I've lost my child. Yeah. And it would, you know, so we had to learn to allow each other. I had to allow him to be okay. Yeah. Because that would have been really easy to be like bitter and angry that you can carry on. Do you not know? You know, and go through these mm-hmm. really hard um, feelings. Whereas he also had to be tender and gentle with me and allow me to grieve, you know, for a long period of time. So it was really um, seeing the other person's perspective, being kind to each other's feelings, um, fighting for our marriage. He had to be very, very, very patient. Mm-hmm. And as a man, um, he would tell you, he didn't know if we were ever going to be the same. Yeah. I mean, in all levels, I yeah. mean, think about your marriage in all facets yeah. that, you know, right. yeah. I mean, emotionally and, yeah. uh, would we, would our sex life ever be the same? Right. Um, would it look the same when we just talked about our family? cause I was so, so full of, grief yeah it was just he had to be so so patient um and he was and he's always been good at that and uh another huge thing for us was going to counseling Mm -hmm. and and processing that out loud together Mm -hmm. because if we didn't communicate that to each other it would we would just be in the dark guessing yeah you know but we walked through um Counseling individually, I would go, and then we would go together, and it was it was eye-opening for him to see where I was every day, mm-hmm. where my mind lived every day. Mm-hmm. When I did the dishes, what was happening? Mm-hmm. He had no idea yeah. that that's what I lived every day. Mm-hmm. You know, So that really helped us stay close together. Um, we just had to fight for it. We had to force ourselves to go out and to be kind to each other, and he had to be okay if I fell apart crying. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was just a new way. It was a new normal was, yeah, I'm crying again, you know, and that was, that was okay. It just, and it wasn't forever. And healing is so different Mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, but your marriage, that, that is the most difficult thing we have ever gone through and fought for. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I do genuinely think that our marriage is deeper and stronger Mm -hmm. for it.
0: So what a miracle too, yeah. to defy the statistics yeah. and to say like this won't destroy, yeah, w- what God has brought us together, yeah, and um, what a testimony of God's faithfulness in your life and yeah. and for you to weather that storm. I was just reading a book last night by Maria Goff. It's so good. It's Sweet super- Maria. Sweet Maria Goff. And she talks a lot about loss and um, moving through that loss and allowing yourself to grieve, but then what do you do with that grief? And yeah. It's, I, I think it's such a... It's, I think it's called Love Lives Here. It's so good. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a powerful book for anyone who's gone through Loss and grief mm-hmm. and and deep 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 sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Thank you so much for sharing your story.
2: Yeah, what a beautiful welcome. story.
0: <laughs> and you're right, he was adorable. Yes, I remember seeing him on you know, on social media and just being like, oh what? my goodness, I oh, could just squeeze <laughs> him, kiss him. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Well, just seeing, I mean, you could just feel. The adoration of your boys, of mm-hmm. you and Josh, of course, but of your boys, just yeah. their connection to him was so
2: sweet and tender. That was really cool to watch each of them have their own experience. And I could tell each each of their personalities, my oldest was, was my protector. There were pictures mm-hmm. that he was looking at me. Mm-hmm. Everyone was looking at Zion mm-hmm. and he's got his hand on my hair, uh-huh. pulling it back, looking at me like, is mama okay? Like, is oh, she going to be okay? Honey. Like... I mean, it was just this, and that's who he is, you know? And then one of my sons, it was so, so sad. It was hard for him to talk about. He didn't carry that conversation on at school like maybe some of the other kids did. He sometimes included him in the drawings and sometimes he didn't when he drew his family, you know? And then one of them feels like, he can't remember everything. Yeah. He was only five. You know, he doesn't remember it all. And then that makes him feel sad. And then there's Jet who talks about him every day. <laughs> and he is, he owns his big brother, you know, like Aww. he is the big brother to Zion. And he tells everyone who he is, is so in sweet. the line at the grocery store, no matter where we are, Aww. you know, and especially when he was little, he told everybody. Um, so it's it's been a really amazing thing. And he's still very much part of our family. And um, what God has done through his life is um, it's, it is truly unbelievable. I still, to this day, um, I get messages and chat and I followed your, Zion would be four I, mm-hmm. and they've, I followed your story and it's been so meaningful in my life in this way, or I've been able to walk through a journey with my best friend, or I've named my son Zion, wow. or I mean, it is one thing wow. after the next of God's unique direction in all this. Like I had no, no idea what he would do with this. And so what, what now I am trying to do is just be available Mm -hmm. because God has taught me so much in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. Grief is so unfair. Mm -hmm. Loss is so, um, nasty. Mm -hmm. Like, like grief is just Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, It's it doesn't play fair. Like it just, it comes whenever it wants and you just don't know why. And, and everyone deals with it so differently Mm -hmm. that, um,
0: it's so lonely, isn't
2: it? Yeah, Yeah. it is. And you think no one else understands. Um, and everybody deals with it so different. Healing is such a different time period for everyone. Um,
0: so yeah. So you say that you, you just want to be available. How can people, if they just really connect with your story yeah. or they, maybe they desperately need to mm. find hope through Zion's story. How do they connect with you?
2: Yeah. Most people have just, um, found me through social media or on my blog. Okay. Um, cause he has his own hashtag. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, and through that, I mean, people have been so open and genuine and, I admire that because honestly I don't know that I would have reached out and mm-hmm. asked you know for support or help mm-hmm. but I have learned how powerful mm-hmm. that is yeah. um and that's one of the biggest things through grief that I could I could say is don't do it alone mm-hmm. um yeah that's so good. our world wants to say it's okay our world wants to hear how are you doing I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. That's what, that's what, yeah. the, but what, if, what if I'm not fine yeah. and I'm not okay? Yeah. And so having someone to walk through it with and letting them be in the journey, yes. allowing them to participate. Cause that's the other thing. I didn't know what I needed. Yeah. You know, somebody might call, well, what do you need? I have no idea yeah. what I need. Right. But whatever anybody thought of was such a blessing, yeah. such a gift. Mm-hmm. That's so um,
1: I think people always worry like, oh, I don't want to be in the way or I don't want them to think it's weird that I showed up. Or mm-hmm. don't you think people uh, – The biggest
2: thing I hear is, um, oh, I don't want to make you cry or oh, I'm sorry. Like if I bring it up, then you might cry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. I love, love talking about him. Name. Yes. Yeah. I love that he's remembered. Yeah. And it is weird meeting people now that you know they see the four boys running around mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you have four boys? And – yeah, You know, yeah. I, and, I, and I just, I, I try to make it as little awkwardness as possible, right. yeah. unless I'm directly asked, how many kids do you have? Yeah. Then I I have five yeah. and they are my five, you know? <laughs> um, and so it is something that our culture doesn't know how to do. Yeah. We don't know how to grieve. We've never been taught to allow people to feel that pain. Nobody wants to go fully there. Yeah. And that's what I would encourage anybody um, experiencing this or maybe walking through this with a friend or family member is Mm. allow yourself painfully to go there and to embrace all of it. Um, because grief it's, it needs to all be unpacked Mm. so that God can put it all back together and heal piece by piece. Mm. Um, and doing it with other people, giving them permission, you know, they would check in on me, people would check in on me and they, and, and I didn't even know what I needed. Mm. Yeah. But just knowing that they were there. Thought of you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's a good word, Robin.
2: Thank Thank you
1: for being vulnerable. Yeah. And sharing your story (laughs) and Josh's and your five boys. Yeah. We're so happy to connect with you. Well, thanks for listening on this episode. We hope that something that Robin has shared has just really struck a heart chord with you. And Mm -hmm. I hope that more than anything, you heard her talk about that anchor Mm -hmm. of who Jesus is in her life. Because I do think that so many people walk through hard things and they don't
0: Without they him. don't have a hope
1: because mm-hmm. the hope is Jesus. How do
0: I think people even believe in Jesus? Mm-hmm. They they call themselves Christians, they follow Jesus, they might go to church, they might do all those things, but when life gets hard, they forget right. that that's who they're supposed to identify in yeah. and they forget that that he is their anchor. Yeah. And so just reminding people that like especially in the hard times, mm-hmm. lean in, yeah. find someone who maybe you look up to yeah. that follows Jesus and say, how, like, how do I, how do I walk through this with Jesus as my anchor? Open up your Bibles, start to yeah. read your Bibles, his word, just like Robin shared about God speaking to her as she laid on her mm-hmm. bed. Like he, His words are so powerful, both his written word yeah. and the Holy Spirit who's speaking to us every day as we're listening. Yeah. Um, and just remember that anchor. It's such a good word.
1: As Robin was sharing that story of the Lord just speaking to you, stretch out your arms. Um, I just pictured, and then the doctor repeating it, that you had no idea how far your reach would go
0: Yeah. through oh, loss.
1: Okay. And then you also said, though, that your the loss of your first children was preparing you for the mm-hmm. storm you'd walk through. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't want that storm, but God was preparing you. Yeah. So I thought that was so wise.
0: We'll tag Robin in yeah. all of our social media so that yep. people can reach out and find Messenger, her. Yeah. Yep. And, yep, and get a hold of her if they want to. And if you have any questions or you need someone to pray for you, you can always message us yep. um, on Facebook or on our H and H Instagram, and we would love to pray with you and walk through you through whatever you're going through with yeah. you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time
1: today's sponsor is pure bliss hair studio in day spa located in peoria illinois this is the actual spa that i go to to get my hair done and i love it i love their environment Um, their staff at the front is so friendly and welcoming Um, i know some of their names and some of their stories and they have so many outstanding services their their cuts and their colors they're in an aveda salon so they've got outstanding products that you will love they've also got amazing massage services Mm -hmm. and facials. So if you are feeling tired or stressed out, you need a little bit of a break, Mm -hmm. definitely reach out and you can get all their information on our social media sites. And also they are offering any first-time guest a discount code. If you tell them that the HNHR
0: sent you, they will give you 20% off of your service that's amazing they have a Mm -hmm. website you can go on and see all of their services that they offer Um, again it's pure bliss hair studio and day spa in peoria illinois heidi we all need to treat ourselves with a little bit of special attention now and then tlc yes just take care of ourselves and go out and have a girl's day yeah we also would like to thank beauty counter and consultant rosie boone rosie has hosted a couple of parties for friends of ours and shown us her great products and Mm -hmm. uh, products that you can put on your skin and know that you're not putting toxins on your skin. You know, our, our skin absorbs so much of what we put on it and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes like I want all the toxins on my face to get rid of the wrinkles, (laughs) but no, not really. Uh, I really don't. Um, I want to be putting things on my skin that I know is not going to go into my body and, and cause, disease and harmful things.
1: Yeah, so when Rosie was showing us the products, one thing I love that she said, she said, She's like, I don't know, maybe this is vain, but she's like, my sisters and I would not use this if it didn't actually work. Mm. She's like, because we want to use products, that actually works. Right. And so I did love that, yes. you know, she does, she's like, this is stuff we really do use and we really do like. So I thought that was sweet and, and cute I, that she mentioned that.
0: I love that really people are paying so much more attention now to what they're putting in their body, what they're putting on their bodies right. um, and what we're doing. And, it, and it's so biblical too. You know, our bodies yeah. are a temple and we are to really... Watch out for that and yeah. think about those things. So you can find Rosie's information on our social media sites yep. and also at beautycounter forward slash Rosalie Boone.